You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, E.G. Andrews of jaysfromthecouch.com, and I have an announcement to make about this episode. Now, over the past couple days, I've been promising you a trilogy of episodes with Sportsnet's Scott MacArthur, and I intend on delivering on that promise. But because we went so deep on the Blue Jays pitching staff, I have made the call to split it up into two episodes. So you're going to get the rotation episode today. That's part one. And then the bullpen episode will be dropping tomorrow along with the 300th episode of Locked On Blue Jays. That's right. We are going Deathly Hallows on this. We're going uh, Mockingjay. We're going... Um, whatever the last Twilight movie was, Breaking Dawn. Oh, I hope I don't know that. Anyway, we are going to get right into it with Scott. We're going to talk about the rotation, the battle for the fifth spot, and who it will ultimately go to, starting now. Welcome back, y'all. Talking with Scott McCarver of Sportsnet, who's... Now in his third episode of talking with me, and I am so grateful that he's even stuck it past one, but just a pleasure talking with him. So we're going to keep it going because, hey, it's my podcast. I get to do what I want. So <laughs> I I know, right? I I have that power and it's slightly corrupted me. At least if you ask Orioles fans, it's slightly corrupted me. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, there are Orioles fans who still exist for ap- them. Apparently, apparently one of them, one of them contacted me on Twitter because I went on, uh, locked on Orioles with Connor Newcomb on this network, okay. and he he was asking me about Richard Urania, and I was very blunt about Richard Urania, and apparently they did not like that as much. But hey. It's it's Richard Urania. I'm sorry. You can't you can't tell me to get y'all hyped up for that waiver claim. But <laughs> sorry. Well, we all we all we all wish Richard Urania well. Oh yeah, I I said he could have a Dwight Smith Jr. type year for Baltimore. So well, yes, and that's fine. Except Dwight Smith Jr. hit a bunch of home runs in April, and a few Blue Jays fans decided that that constituted a full season of great baseball. Go back and look at the numbers at the end. I don't want to rag (laughs) on Dwight Smith Jr. I'm not doing that, but what I am doing is ragging on people who decide two weeks into a regular season when a guy inexplicably and surprisingly hits five or six home runs and starts off red hot, that that somehow signifies that the organization who let him go made a huge mistake, which the Blue Jays did not. Oh, yeah. I mean... I mean, that was me being sneaky dismissive because he ended up with like a, <laughs> like a point, a negative point zero nine war for the season. So, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that was me trying to set expectations for those Orioles fans that 
yeah, this is not this is not your magic salve. He's he's not a third baseman you want. So anyway, we are we are, we shouldn't be talking about Orioles. We should be talking about Blue Jays. And I want to get to the pitching in this episode. So yeah, obviously this is this is a massive turnover from the rotation that we thought we were going to have with the Blue Jays last year with with all this money now being thrown at starting pitching. Um, a lot of the attention uh, so far, Scott, has been on that fifth spot, who's going to win out on and, and get that spot. And with Ryan Barucki seemingly bowing out of the competition with his elbow issue, the the common perception is it's is it's Trent Thornton's to lose, which I would argue a bit because there there is a guy on the roster who who was kind of promised a shot at that job, and I Shun Yamaguchi does not strike me as a guy who takes those promises likely. So just just looking at things so far, Scott, who do you expect to make that fifth fifth appearance for the Blue Jays when we start rolling into April? Well, I do think it comes down to Yamaguchi and, and Thornton, and we're assuming health and all that. Hmm. Um, you know, Yamaguchi has thrown a lot of uh, bullpen innings over in in Japan, um, and and so he he seems to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong or if you disagree, he seems to be a guy who um, who can move for you. Um, you know, he can spot start for you. He can uh, throw, you know, potentially multiple innings of relief in a in a game. Um, you know, he'd be a one inning guy for you on a on a given day. Um, if you've made promises to him, um, you know, you're going to have to live up to those. And I, I suppose it would be performance tied. Otherwise, you know, whether he maintains that spot in the rotation, should it be his? The other thing is with Trent Thornton. I mean, you got to decide if you're the Ross Atkins and and. Uh, Pete Walker and Charlie Montoya, the front office coaching staff, what's best for him? I mean, because by right, last year he would have gone down to Buffalo and effectively been the ace of that rotation mm. um, and, and pitched every fifth day at AAA. But uh, because of injuries uh, to the likes of Ryan Barucki out of camp last year, and then Clayton Richard wasn't healthy to start the season, and I, I mean, they they almost didn't have five guys uh, for their rotation when they broke camp last year. And so by necessity, Trent Thornton made the team. And then as guys either underperformed or other guys got hurt, Clay Buckholtz came along and then disappeared. Matt Shoemaker blew out his knee, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he ended up pitching the entire season for the Blue Jays. So what is best for his development? Because he is someone who is, Still developing, uh, but I, I I do agree with you. It is it is Yamaguchi and Thornton. But I will say specific to Thornton that wherever he is, he needs to be starting. Hmm. Um, he is a starting pitcher. So if he is not the fifth guy, and it is Yamaguchi, Thornton's got to go to Buffalo. Where is it is Thornton who is the fifth guy? Then obviously Yamaguchi is. Um, a nice addition uh, to a relief core that uh, has some intriguing names beneath Ken Giles, but but 
when I say intriguing, that's because they could go <laughs> the right way, and that's also because they could just be people. And there are a lot of relievers who are just that, people, and, mm. and not a whole lot more. Yeah. Can I, can I actually float what I think is going to happen with that fifth spot? Just... Please do. I definitely will do that, Scott. But first, let's build the suspense mass singer style with the League Commission Fantasy Minute brought to you by com. Find the perfect fantasy sports league for your needs and desires with com. And since this is an episode dedicated to the Blue Jays rotation, we are going to talk about their big offseason prize. That's right. Chase Anders. No. We're going to talk about Hyunjin Ryu. Hyunjin Ryu obviously signing that massive deal, but fantasy-wise, people aren't excited about Hyunjin Ryu moving to Toronto. Uh, The average ranking puts Hyunjin Ryu still as a top 50 pitcher, but his rank is around number 45. That means he's going usually in the 9th, 10th round of standard 12-team drafts. Obviously, there is going to be some regression. He's not going to have a 1.01 whip for a third straight season, not coming to Toronto. And last season, he did have a lot of luck on balls in play. He actually had the lowest batting average on balls in play of any pitcher in baseball when it came to ground balls, just 162 batting average there. So with Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Kevin Biggio manning the infield, some more of those balls are going to sneak through. So you're not going to get the whip. You're going to get a solid amount of strikeouts. You might get a little better than his projected win record, which is 11 and nine. And I think it's more likely he's going to outperform some of the pitchers he's lumped in with. Like uh, he's in amongst Lance Lynn and Eduardo Rodriguez, Max Freed. I, I have to think we will be a little more capable of delivering the goods there. So I I would probably take him ninth round, but that's me being the Blue Jays fan. So you do you with Hyunjin Ryu, and that has been the Lee Kamish Fantasy Minute, brought to you by LeeKamish.com. They want to know what you are doing for the game. I mean, that's a universal question, and it's kind of hard to answer. But whether you're a casual sports fan, you have to tweet everything you see, you live or die with your team, you know all the stats, you know all the best insults, you know all the best food, or you just, you know, don't really care what's going on. You're just there for the camaraderie or (laughs) the chance to beat all your friends in competition. Everyone has their place in the sports world, and those same personalities apply to fantasy sports. So League Commission exists to ensure your fantasy sports experience is the best one for you. They match managers to leagues as they lay the foundation for your new competition, and it's easy as just signing up with your preferences. You'll get matched by them, and then you approve that match before you make any commitment. So sign up with Lee Kamish by February 29th and receive 15% off by entering in the code Locked On in the referred by section of the sign-up form. That's capital letters locked on. Like, capital L, capital O. So what are you doing for the game? Memorizing those capitals and finding your next fantasy sports league at leaguecommish.com. You are locked on Blue Jays. Your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
like I said, I've been talking to other people and they've been like, oh, well, Trent Thornton was the only good starter the Blue Jays had. Why wouldn't he have the fifth spot? Because as you said, it is important for Trent Thornton to be starting and it is important to, for him to keep that rhythm and, and keep it in a location where, you know, he's not being thrown to the wolves every night. So, so my feeling is that Trent Thornton is going to start the season in Buffalo you know, but Shun Yamaguchi should not be comfy in that fifth mm-hmm. spot because there's another pitcher who is going to start the season in Buffalo who will likely very quickly be coming north of the border, you know, around May or June when he gets that extra. Nathaniel extra is that, his name? <laughs> that might be the guy who I was referring to just obliquely, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it seems like it's it's just a matter of time before Pearson comes up and, and starts asserting himself. And and by all accounts, he's looking really good in spring training. I mean, spring training's been, what, a couple days so far at the time right. of recording? So it's we're basing it off side sessions. But from the looks of things, Pearson is is well in control of his arsenal of pitches. He's, he's able to hit the triple digits. When when do you think he's he's going to come up? And when when he does, what kind of transition are you expecting from the Blue Jays? Is it going to be a case where you know we're just throwing him out there four innings, five innings? We're going to use Gavilio and potentially Wagaspak to to bridge that gap, or or how do you see the Blue Jays bringing our boy Nathaniel along? Well, they gotta they gotta protect him, um, and. Uh, how they decide to do that and where they decide to do that will play out over the season. I, my only hesitation with Nate, um, and, and it is not so significant a hesitation that I, I don't think we, you know, it's not like I'm going to say I don't we see him in 2020, but my only hesitation is this truth, which is that last year was the first year he hit 100 innings pitched in professional baseball. Mm-hmm. And the the thing that, I have said that strikes me and I'm not splitting the atom when I say this because you can go online and watch his highlights. Um, It boggles my, and this is all good, by the way, it boggles my mind that somebody can throw as consistently hard as Nate Pearson does and have such a compact and what appears to be repeatable delivery. Now, I know he's done a lot of the driveline stuff, and so it is not surprising that when I watch Nate Pearson, I'm reminded of Trevor Bauer. Um, I'd be quite okay if I'm not reminded of Trevor Bauer <laughs> when Nate Pearson speaks. I was going to um, say. But I am okay if I'm reminded of Trevor Bauer uh, when Nate Pearson pitches. Um, and so uh, that is what has uh, stuck out to me just in my casual observations of him and the opportunities I've had to watch some highlights, I've never seen him pitch live. Um, but yes, I, I do think I do think that he gets here. Uh, again, we're assuming health and all that stuff, but but no later than uh, July. And I do think that when he arrives, uh, he will be uh, a spectacle, not on the level of Vladimir Guerrero Jr such that MLB Network is stopping the presses and devoting extensive coverage to his arrival. Mm. Uh, but he is going to be somebody that people are talking about. I mean, this is one of quite legitimately one of the top prospects 
and certainly one of the top pitching prospects in the game. Um, and because he throws as hard as he does, that is what uh, that is what I think will 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 put him under the spotlight. And the first time through, especially American League East teams are going to get more frequent looks at him. I think he's going to be able to. I think he's. I think he's going to be able to have some success just with with that heat. And the best case scenario, uh, the very best case scenario. Uh, not saying it's going to happen, but the very best case scenario is that we all walk out of here uh, at the end of September when the Blue Jays have finished the season somewhere with uh, between 75 and 78 wins, because um, that's where they're going to be, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, we walk out of here and say, Hyunjin Ryu is going to throw on opening day in 2021, and Nate Pearson will start game two. But the 2021 season is the last time in a long time that somebody not named Nate Pearson takes the ball on opening day. I think this guy, just because by virtue of the fact of how hard he throws, can have a significant impact almost immediately. Uh, almost immediately. I'll just say it. <laughs> immediately upon his arrival. Yeah. And I, I don't think Blue Jays fans could really argue you know, if if they get that absolute best case scenario out of Pearson, I mean, the I I don't want to say Stroman was the last really dominant Blue Jays pitcher that we had be- coming into this season, but you know, I I almost hearken it back to to having a Roy Halladay on the mound and having a guy, you know, that you knew was a hundred percent going to give you a shot to win every game. I don't think the Blue Jays have been able to say that about a starting pitcher under their employ in a long time. Oh yeah. No, I, Halliday, you expected to win. Stroman was a guy who always gave you a chance to win. You felt good when he was on the mound, but Marcus Stroman was never dominant. No. Um, and, and if this finds its way onto Twitter and, and I get a, mention um then i'll consider that a feather in my cap but Mar- marcus stroman is is not an ace uh on a good team staff roy halliday was an ace for uh some four teams in toronto uh but was also the ace of some very good teams in in philadelphia and teams that featured some other great pitchers so mm-hmm. i mean halliday's in a different class but yeah i think nate pearson i mean my my thing and i've asked this question uh of 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 some people look he throws so hard that you always worry about the elbow. But you know what? Uh, the more I've thought about it, if it happens, what are you going to do? You know, um, everybody and their dog seems to get Tommy John surgery at, 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 at some point. Um, and so you hope that with that compact and very repeatable delivery, there's a lot of power in his lower half. Um, he's a big man. Um, you hope uh, that that he will be able to avoid uh, the more uh, serious uh, types of arm injuries, uh, specifically the elbow or any chronic shoulder stuff. But I really do think I really do think AJ they they have someone here, and then you know what they need next, and it's not in 2020, hmm. uh, but it's not too far down the road. They need somebody like Alec Manoa. 
uh, you know, their uh, college, uh, their first-round pick out of uh, West Virginia, you know, so he's a college-age guy. He's older. Like, they need somebody like him to spring up in 2021, no later than 2022. And, and then the other thing that I think they're going to have to do um, at some point is, um, and this can go for position players too, but I, I do I do think it's about supplementing the pitching just because they struggle so badly to lure uh, free agents of consequence here. Ryu is an exception. He is not the rule mm. uh, when it comes to the Blue Jays. Is you know is a Simeon Woods Richardson at what now 19 years old? Um, and this is just a name I'm throwing out there. Um, is he somebody who, if he has a nice year? Uh, in the lower minor leagues, is he somebody who is part of a package that, you know, goes and gets you a major league arm? I'm not saying he's the centerpiece of a package. There would be one or two other names. So the, the Jays have so many middle infielders coming up through the <laughs> system. They're not all going to be on the team. There will be some point where I think Ross Sackens looks at it and says, okay, um, Pearson's here and looking good. Ryu's here and under contract. I like that righty-lefty one-two punch. Now I've got to go and do better than Tanner Rourke and <laughs> Chase Anderson and and whoever the hell else. Like, let's yeah. go and get a mid-rotation arm, a so-called three, who can be a legitimate three because we have a legit one and a legit two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I think that that happens. Maybe not in 2020, um, but but within the next year, year and a half or so. Yeah, and and like I know we're not going to be banking on Eric Pardino to be that that guy because, as you said, it's his turn to have Tommy John surgery this and year. And he's also still very young, yeah. very young, right? And that is that so, is true, and and that yeah. That, this, sorry. No, we're jumping on each other. That's my <laughs> fault. I got to shut up. I'm the radio guy who just rambles. No, but with Pardino, it's you got to get him right. Okay, uh, you know the surgery and then the year plus rehab, and then you've got to build him back up. So, like at 19, 20 years old, I'm not rushing this kid. Um, I'm not even worried if we don't see him in 2021. Um, you know, the key is having him healthy and being the guy they think he can be. 2022 at the earliest and, and, and 2023 at the latest. Like, he's not in the conversation right now for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And, and like I said, using that prospect capital as well, I, I think is going to be what ultimately determines how successful this front office is. Like, they, they built, they built, that's great. Now you do have to go and, and find that talent that is going to best... Um, accentuate what you already have and right and you know try try not to give up a john smoltz in the process but that yes john smoltz for doyle alexander was a difficult move ultimately for the detroit tigers back in the in the mid 80s uh mm. yes i'm with you on that <laughs> exactly well we still get to clown on him for it i mean that's that's the hallmark of a doozy and this podcast was such a doozy that, again, we have broken it up. And we are going to be playing round three, pot, part two. had to think for a second to get my numbers right. Uh, with Scott MacArthur of Sportsnet. You can follow him on Twitter at ScottyMatt31. 
thinks. He can do that on Instagram as well. And you can catch him on Sportsnet 590 The Fan every morning. You can catch me here. You can catch me on Jason Couch Radio. And you can follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. Subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Himalaya. However you get podcasts, make sure you don't miss an episode. Because we will be doubling up tomorrow so you get your double daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk. And follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Locked On Jays. We will be back tomorrow with episode 300, which that's that's a lot of me talking. If you've listened to every episode, kudos. I can't listen to myself talk that much. But looking forward to it. Looking forward to celebrating and having having some discussion on a Blue Jay Fan Friday. So for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care. <laughs> <laughs>